You're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. Hollywood, it's the end of the year, so we are going to put a capper on our 2023 album series by ranking all these albums that we covered during the 2023 season. All these records were celebrating their 40th anniversary, and we had an eclectic collection of albums, everything from rock and pop to heavy metal and something in between, alternative uh, in a lot of ways, so... It'll be interesting to see where we ranked all this stuff. Did we get the listeners involved in any of the rankings? We didn't. We just, this was all about our our rankings, correct? Yeah, because we've done, uh, try to get others to rank stuff that maybe they don't listen to that often. It's not went off that well. Remember in the past, so it's like, well, in this case, people would have maybe ranked Crocus Dio and Metallica and not ranked anything else, that kind of thing. So it's like, you know what? It's probably just easier that we save that for other things. Yeah, it's true. And a lot of this, we approach it in different ways on how we ranked it. I just basically said, this is the record that I probably listened to most throughout. And of course, a lot of that is going to be albums that I ended up picking for the for the whole thing, for the uh, album review this year. And it probably ended up being the same if you approached it that way. I don't know how you approached it, but. It'll be interesting to get into. Uh, what's going on with you, man? What's happening? What's what's on your mind? Nothing. New year. Can't wait for more because only a couple of months away. Yep. And, uh, you know, we're going to start our new album series. So I'm looking forward to that. So that's going to be new and exciting. And, uh, you know, my approach to this ranking was I've been ranking it since we were doing them. So my ranking's been done forever. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, what record do I like better? What songs do I like better? It was Super simple. Yeah, I agree. Well, before we get too deep in the sticks with this uh, album review and we cover everything that we did in the 2023 season, we got to do one last Crank It Up Music Spotlight. Crank me It's time for the Crank It Up Music Spotlight.
So tonight's Crank It Up Spotlight is new music, and it comes to us from a band called Vitalines. Vitalines is another sort of project thing. It's not really even a band, so to speak. This is a gentleman named Robbie LeBlanc on vocals and Tommy DeAnder on uh, guitars, bass, and keyboards. And Tommy is a, a Swedish producer. He's been involved in tons of things over the years. And so Vitaline is just another one of his projects. So the song that I am going to play tonight comes off their new album, Wheels Within Wheels. And this is a leadoff track called Judgment Day Is Here. Check out a snippet. So you said Vitaline. I'm thinking it's Vitalines, like vital signs, but it's kind of combined to Vitalines. I don't think it's Vitalines or whatever. If I said Vitalines, Vitalines, it's it's sort of a tomato tomato thing. But uh, sure, I'll go with Vitalines. Yeah, there's a wrong way and a right way. There's no tomato <laughs> tomato. There's a wrong way and a right way. <laughs> okay, Poonie, fine. Vitalines, it is. Does that help? There you yes, go. Vitalines, wheels within wheels. Judgment Day is here. <laughs> What were your overall thoughts besides correcting my grammar, Ale? <laughs> Great mix of a crunchy riff, keyboards, cool guitar melody over the top. Uh, vocalist sounds great. Production's great. Good chorus. Great back and vocals. So this album is currently in the running for my top 10 in 2023. We'll see if it makes a cut. But uh, this song is great. And one of the reasons I liked it when I first heard it was the good mix of like guitar and keyboards and vocals and it's kind of like a harder journey a harder survivor kind of thing and i was like oh it's not so bad for you know like just a project put together because we've heard some of these projects that got put together and when there's too many people involved it doesn't always go off that good but when there's only like two or three people involved it seems okay at times yeah so my thoughts on this record upon first listen is i thought it was really good 
Some people might think this is a little bit too light for me because it is sort of keyboard heavy, but there's some decent guitar in there and they kind of nailed it in the bio because it says all the Toto, Journey, Survivor and Foreigner fans will find something to love about this album. And honestly, I think that's like nail on the head. Like that's a perfect description of this record. Uh, I agree with Sonny. It's like a little bit harder edged survivor and journey, depending on what songs you listen to. I think it leans a little bit more in the Toto realm for me. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a really, really solid melodic rock record. Definitely give it a listen. Give it a stream. Check it out. Vitalines, as Sonny would say, Vitalines. Vitalines, Vitalines, whatever you want to call it. The name of the record is Wheels Within Wheels. Check it out. Please make sure you hit that follow button to subscribe to Growing Up Rock Podcast so you don't miss an episode. So getting on with the episode, as you know, if you have been listening, we did 12 albums that celebrated their 40th anniversary that were released, well, 40 years ago in 1983. As Steven said earlier, we picked some that were hard rock and metal, and then we went into the pop realm a little bit because we wanted to do a little bit of different. So just to remind everybody what the 12 albums were, in January, we did uh, Crocus's Headhunter. In February, we did Living in Oz by Rick Springfield. In March, we did Holy Diver by Dio. In April, we did Body Wishes by Rod Stewart. In May, we did Keep It Up by Loverboy. In June, we did Kill Em All by Metallica. In July, we did Innocent Man by Billy Joel. In August, we did Mean Streak by Y&T. In September, we did Sports by Huey Lewis of the News. In October, we went with Never Surrender by Triumph. In November, we did Rebel Yell by Billy Idol. And then in December, we did the debut album for Fastway. So in each one of those reviews, we had a guest join us and we bantered the thing, you know, a little bit about what was what. And for this last episode, what we wanted to do was get our 12 ranks, right? It's like, who, what do you listen to the most? What do you like the most? I think there's going to be some surprises on my list for sure. I think uh, Stephen and I will not agree on most. And I think there will be twice when you want to throw uh, something at your car stereo or you pull your headphones out violently or you call me an ass because of where I put a certain album. I can uh, pretty much think that's going to happen when i share what pick eight is but you know that is what it is that's the fun of it <laughs> that's right so sunny and i throughout the course of the year well before the year even got started honestly sunny picked five records i picked five records like we said all records celebrating their 40th anniversary and then we had the listeners we gave the listeners i think five choices to pick Four. from Four choices to pick four, from. Yeah. yeah, and they ended up picking two of the four for the final two records. And those records ended up being Triumphs Never Surrender and then Fastway, the debut Fastway record. Those were the two that the listeners picked that they had to pick out of. Uh, so, yeah, you want me to kick this off and I will give you my 12 through 8 records and how I rank them. And uh, I'll say a little bit about each one. It's just, like I said, it's personal preference. I went with the records that I ended up overall listening to the most. You might be surprised to find out some of them maybe didn't live up to what I originally thought. Uh, so they ended up a little bit further down in the list, but we'll get through it. So at number 12 for me, 
was Rod Stewart's Body Wishes. Now, this was a pick by Sonny. I'm a Rod Stewart fan. I like the guy's voice, but I'm kind of a hits guy. And Body Wishes overall for me was just kind of okay. It's I wouldn't say it's my bang zone of Rod Stewart. And there's some good stuff on it. Don't get me wrong. I said that during the episode, but it was probably the least of all the records. At number 11 for me was one of my picks, which was Loverboy Keep It Up. I'm a pretty big Loverboy fan, but Keep It Up isn't necessarily my favorite Loverboy record. Again, there's some great stuff on the record, but I don't know if it lived up to what I remember it being when I first picked this record to review, but it ended up at number 11 for me. At number 10 was Rick Springfield's Living in Oz. This goes back to one of Sonny's picks. I like Rick Springfield a lot. I don't have a whole lot of bad stuff to say about Springfield. Living in Oz was actually better than what I expected because I wasn't familiar with this record from start to finish, but I thought there was some really strong stuff on the uh, Rick Springfield record, and I liked it a lot. It just ended up at number 10 because I go to Working Class Dog when I go to Rick Springfield or something like uh, that, not necessarily Living in Oz, but there's some good stuff on it. Number nine for me was uh, one of the listener picks, which was Triumph's Never Surrender. I like Triumph a lot. I remember this record. I remember liking this record a little bit more than what when we went to revisit the record. It wasn't quite what I remember it being. I think there's some really strong stuff on it. I like it a lot uh, as a complete record, but it ended up at number nine for me. At number eight was the other listener pick, which was Fastway. I like Fastway a lot. I've said that. I said it during the uh, during the review. But some of the other stuff on this record was just just better for me. Just better at this point in my life. Uh, I didn't particularly think the recording was that that great. And honestly, outside of um, "Say What You Will" and uh, "We Become One," "Easy Living." The recording wasn't all that great. Like when I go to Fastway, I pretty much go to like Trick or Treat soundtrack nowadays, but still a great debut record from Fastway. And that ended up at number eight for me. So that's my 12, 11, 10, 9, and 8 rankings of all the albums that we reviewed this year. 
Like what you're hearing? Share this episode out. Post it to your favorite social network and let people know you're listening to the Growing Up Rock podcast. It will help us grow and we greatly appreciate it. All right. So let me share my 12 through 8. So my number 12 was a listener pick and it was your number 8. And that's the Fastway record because, you know, the songs I liked on it, Say What You Will, Feel Me, Touch Me. Dude, Heft was brutal. All I Need Your Love is brutal. We became one. Brutal. Like, basically, the rest of it was brutal. So, guitar work was great. Melodies were mostly terrible, except for a couple. I'll put the Blinds Girl Finding a Nut song, you know, say what you will on playlist, and I'll never listen to the album ever again. This could be the worst album ever by a supergroup, and I'm seriously contemplating taking all the fast way I own and just handing it to Goodwill. Like, fucking brutal. I feel bad that it was a listener pick, because I, wow, that was so bad. You are a smelly pirate hooker. All right. <laughs> my number 11, you have not mentioned yet, and it was one of your picks, and that is Crocus's Headhunter. I like Screaming in the Night, liked Headhunter, did like White Dan, I don't think anybody did. Ready to Burn was meh. Stand Up to, to be, and Be Counted was meh. And then Stay Awake All Night. Stay Awake All Night. Stay Awake All Night. Stay Awake. You want me to keep going? Because they went 58 times in a row, so I might go 58 times in a row. Like, just put that on loop. I get it. It's Crocus. I'm supposed to love them. If it makes anybody feel better, I don't hate them. You know, I would say I like about half of the Crocus I've heard. I've seen them live a couple of times. They were good. Uh, Screaming in the Night would make a playlist for sure. Several, actually. But I'll never listen to the rest of the album again. I don't have a reason to. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! My number 10 was actually your number 10, which is Living in Oz. That was my pick for Rick Springfield. I like Affair of the Heart. I love it, actually. Love Human Touch. Love Souls. Dude, Tiger by the Tail. Oh, my God. I forgot that was a Rick Springfield song. But <laughs> I had to write it down. I'm like, what in the hell? And then I didn't really like Like Father, Like Son. I didn't like I Can't Stop Hurting You. So, you know, we've said it many times on the podcast. Rick Springfield can rock. He does somewhat on this album. But with the specific songs on this album, the more vulnerable he got, Meaning like the lyrics I meant a ton to them, the worse the songs were for me. Like, I don't know why. It, they almost too sappy. Like, I want love songs from them and I want catchy pop songs from them. I guess I don't want songs about his father. I, I don't need that. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's mean. I don't know. Uh, I finally got to see him live this year. He was great. And then, you know, you can't say like Affair of the Heart and Human Touch. Like, those are 80s bona fide staple hits that people won't forget. And they deserve to be. My number nine was your number 12, which was one of my picks, Body Wishes. You know, Rod Stewart's great. Baby Jane's a classic. Uh, you know, What Am I Going to Do is super catchy. Dancing Alone is great. Move Me's great. You know, songs like Satisfied and Ghetto Blaster. I don't know about that. Rod Stewart's one of my favorite singers. Would definitely make my top 40. It's got a ton of music out there, so it's tough to love it all. Like, he's got a lot of stuff. I would say seven out of ten songs I hear I like. That means there's three that I don't like. That's not bad for a guy that's been around since the 60s, right? That's a pretty good hit rate. So I'm a Rod Stewart fan. I just don't listen to that album much. And the greatest hits kind of ruined it for me. I got that box set that's got the four CDs. So that's what, where I usually go to when I want to listen to Rod Stewart. And then my number eight. All right. I want to slow down a little, not crash your car, or run any red lights, because people are going to go ape shit now. My number eight was Metallica Kill em All. I like Seek and Destroy. Okay, Four Horsemen are great. No Remorse is okay. Motor Breath, dude, come on. 
Phantom Lord, I don't know. Anesthesia, pulling teeth. You've seen, you've heard me about that. I get it. I'm supposed to love Metallica. There's people yelling at me right now. Deal with it. I am who I am. I mean, the album's super heavy. I get it. But I got to be in the mood to listen to Metallica. They're right on the edge. Any more thrash, I can't do it. I'm not doubting the talent. I'm not doubting the energy that it creates. I'm a melody guy. I got to be in a mood for Metallica. Okay. And when I look at some of these other albums that are on this list, I'm sorry. Metallica ends up eighth for me on this list. That's how it is. thing that i do want to cover so going back into the year each one of these album reviews was released at the end of the month we had some great guests that helped us out they help us out often on the podcast but it's usually a great conversation as we go track by track through each one of these records with rod stewart that record uh released happened in april and our friend, the Sly Dog, Alex Alt, joined us for that particular review. With Loverboy, we had the one, the only, Tony Musalem from Restrain join us for that. He was more like he was assigned that record from his buddy over there, uh, Mr. Pooney. That's because he wasn't willing to <laughs> wait out a listener pick. And you know what? He was lucky he didn't because I don't think he would have liked those other two albums. Probably not. So, you know, I think Loverboy was a good pick for the Loverboy himself, right? Uh, <laughs> so that, that album release came in uh, the end of May. And then the Rick Springfield, we had Brad Rustoven join us on that one. And that one was early in the year. That was at the end of February. 
and Triumph, which was a more recent one. That one came out at the end of October. That was a new one because we had two guys on that never had been on the podcast before. John and Bob from Two Dudes Talk Money and Music podcast, which is interesting because their podcast is so much different than a lot of the other people that we coexist with. Uh, a lot of the usual names, they were new to the podcast and their podcast is unusual because it combines both finance and music. So I find that interesting and they were interesting to have on with the, with the triumph record. So I thought that was good. And then Fastway, of course, the Fastway just happened last week, if you're listening to this at the time of a release, because Fastway was the last album review we did for this year, and it was the highest rated listener pick. And we had John Verno, who was another new guest to the podcast, and he has the Metal Mayhem ROC podcast. He's a Pantheon brother. He came on and did the Fastway record. We've had great guests along the way, so it's been it's been fun. I think that's why we continue to do these album reviews each year, because for one thing, it lets us dig deeper into some of these albums, especially the ones we're not as familiar with. And then it also allows us to catch up with a lot of our friends when we have guests on each month to go through the records and getting new guests from time to time, people that haven't been on the podcast, I think is also fun as well, right? Yeah. And for 2024, it looks like we're going to have a couple of different folks on. So that's always a good thing too. That continually adding people uh, is a nice thing too. Yeah, because for us, that'll be the, well, it'll be the fourth year that we've done the album review series. We started with Van Halen catalog. We moved to the Def Leppard catalog. And this year, it was something different where we were doing actual different bands and different artists throughout the course of the entire year. We used the 40th anniversary as the overall theme. Next year, we're getting back to an individual band. And so that's all. I'm going to give you, and you'll have to wait till the end of January to find out which band we chose. But usually it's something that Sonny and I can agree on one way or another. Yeah, we agreed. But a couple of people I reached out to and said, hey, you want to help us out with the blah band? Yeah, no, thanks. I'm like, all righty then. <laughs> I guess everybody doesn't love those guys. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's always going to be the case. Everybody's not always going to love people we we decide to focus on, but that's all right. So getting back to our uh, rankings. So I'm going to rank my seven, six, five, four, and three records now. And at number seven for me was Billy Joel's Innocent Man. This was a sunny pick. And I'm a pretty big Billy Joel fan. Like I like a lot of Billy Joel. This was Billy's doo-wop album. It had, you know, Uptown Girl and, and things like that. And this was honestly the first time that I got to really dig deep into an innocent man as a whole. But honestly, you know most of the songs because almost every one of them was a single at one point in time. It's really, really a great record. I mean, from start to finish, this record is pretty damn good. Uh, it's just a throwback to doo-wop, and it's something that was near and dear to Billy's heart. And he said this record came fairly easily for him because it was so much a part of him and his growing up. I think it's a great record. It just fell at number seven because one of the records that beat it out that was a surprise for me over the course of the year because I'd forgotten how damn good this record was 
was, was Huey Lewis's sport. Huey Lewis and the News sport came in at number six for me. And honestly, that whole record, except for the very last song on it, is great. Like the entire record for me is really strong. But then they, they kind of screwed up at the end and put, put something that I consider was just pure crap. I think the majority of us that reviewed this record said the same thing about that final song on Hugh Lewis' sport record. It wasn't needed and it kept it from being a perfect album for me in a lot of ways. Then we get to the top half, my number five, four, and three. So two of the three were my picks. Uh, at number five, Metallica's Kill 'em All. Metallica is, you know, I love this band. I've loved them from the beginning. Uh, and we even dedicated two weeks to Metallica here towards the end of the year. Kill 'em All for me was my entry point into Metallica, but out of the Metallica catalog, you know, because it's so early, there are a lot of flashes of greatness, but they're not there yet. You know, they're still young. They're still honing a lot of stuff. And so I think the record has a lot of great stuff on it, but it's not recorded with the best because it's an older recording and they're still working their craft out. So it's not a perfect record. There's a lot of stuff on there that is kind of, meh, it's, a, it's okay. It's not great. But because of what that record meant to the metal community and where they ended up going, I mean, it's still an awesome record. And it's number five for me. And number four was a sunny pick. It's my entry point into Y&T, and that's the Mean Streak record. I absolutely love it. It's just a great record. Uh, it's definitely a staple of my growing up rock years. And it's a band that I didn't get to see live until way much later in my life. Uh, you know, in the 2000s before I got to see Y&T live. So, and I'm looking forward to them coming on Mork again this year. That's going to be awesome because they've been off for a few years from the cruise. And so I just, I look forward to that. Uh, and it's always fun because I think our group shares camaraderie when it comes to Y&T. So we like to stand there and watch them together as a group. And it's just a good time. And then at number three was one of my picks and Sonny didn't love this record, but I still loved it. And even going through it again, as recent as this year, I think it's a fantastic record to me. It's their best record bar none. And that's Crocus Headhunter. I listened to this record so much when I was growing up. I just think it's a really, really strong record. And so that was my number three was Crocus Headhunter.
So that's it. Seven, six, five, four, and three. Sonny, over to you now. All right. So my number seven, I went with the listener pick, uh, Triumphs Never Surrender. So I thought All the Way was good when the lights go down, Battle Cry. Thought a world of fantasy was all right. Too much thinking. I just don't like, you know, non-US bands singing about US politics. Overall, you know, the album was good. Rick and Gill, vocals sound great. But as we said during the review, right, these guys weren't really writing songs for mass appeal hits. And, you know, they're trying to write this quote unquote smarter music and it works, but it definitely stunted kind of their possibility to have huge popularity, right? So they're popular, I guess, in the rock genre and in our circles but if you ask the bon jovi cinderella skid row fan name a triumph song uh, i don't think that percentage is going to be a high hit rate right so my number six was your pick and that's uh, billy idol's rebel yell you know rebel yell flesh for fantasy eyes without a face classic songs the dead next door wow Running for, in the running for the worst song to close a classic album in music history. <laughs> uh, daytime drama wasn't that great either. But at least daytime drama is tolerable, I will say that. I think we all agree Billy and Steve Stevens make a great pair. Billy's a bona fide rock star. MTV, the look, the feel, the rebel, it all worked at the right time, the right place. And he had some great songs, so nothing wrong with that. Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. 
I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. My number five was a was a you pick. Um, I'm surprised you had it at number 11, and that's Lover Boys, Keep It Up. Hot Girls in Love, dude, classic. Queen of Broken Hearts, One-Sided Love Affair, great song. Probably the two songs I didn't like so much were It's Never Easy and Chance of a Lifetime. And whether the listeners want to believe it or not, keep it up as a rock record, and Loverboy can rock. And I guess it's super cool to shit on the red leather pants that Reno was wearing, and you know it's cool to shit on the ballads they did, and whatever. Loverboy's great. I get it. The red leather pants don't fit Mike Reno the same way. He's a bigger boy now. you know. But the songs and the vocals... Are etched in your memories, whether you like it or not. Deal with it, people. It's Lover Boy, and you remember the songs. You don't have to feel bad that you remember Lover Boy songs. It's good that you remember Lover Boy songs. Okay, it's okay. He doesn't fit in his leather pants. You probably don't fit in your leather pants right now. Okay, so whatever. <laughs> whatever. We went on a leather pant raid. <laughs> yeah. You pesky kids, get off my lawn. Because that's all I ever hear about, oh, you're the leather pant guy. I'm like, he was the only one wearing leather pants. Listen, anybody that doesn't think uh, Loverboy rocks just because of the name Loverboy, I mean, all you have yeah. to do is listen to a song like Strike Zone or something. I mean, yeah. they, they rock plenty. Uh, my number four was a U-Pick, Dio's Holy Diver. Right now, the listener is like, oh, my God. He had Metallica at eight, but he has Dio at four. Sonny likes Dio, you know. To me, good music's good music. And Dio, even though he was singing about dragons and magic and mystery and, you know, dungeons and dragons or whatever the hell he was thinking about, they were catchy. They're memorable. They're awesome melodies, right? Stuff like Rainbow in the Dark, Holy Diver, Stand Up and Shout. Dude, you just can't go too wrong because he's he's kind of matching it all together and getting a little bit mass appeal, which is great. Uh, you know, did I love Gypsy? No, I didn't love Gypsy. But, for you know, it's not a perfect album to me, but it's pretty damn good. So I had it at number four. And at my number three, you're so weird. You'll add S's where S's don't belong. And then you'll subtract S's where S's do belong. Dude, it's sports. Not just sport. It's sports. There's an S at the end. I had just sport at, uh, in my notes, so that's probably why I didn't put a uh, <laughs> S at the end this time around. But, have, yeah. you watched, uh, uh, have you watched Rod Burgundy? 
are you the go fuck yourself San Diego guy? Are you that guy that you just read what's on the teleprompter? Maybe. I might be. Go fuck uh, Poonie. <laughs> <laughs> Poonie's all over correcting my grammar for this particular episode. Vital lines, Vita lines, sports, sports. Look, you know what I mean. Quit your crying. <laughs> okay. So that was my number three, sports. As I said on the episode. Honky Tonk Blues, it might be the worst song in music history, never mind that it completely jacked a Desert Island album for me. Um, But great feel, feel good music, pop rock album, epitomizes everything the 80s music was all about. If this is it, I want a new drug, hard rock and roll, come on. They're all great, right? There's no reason not to love those songs. So uh, that was my number three. Yeah, it's interesting because you brought up a point and I didn't realize it till you brought up the point and I'll talk about it in a minute in, in a comparison to another record on here. But going back to the list, so with the Billy Joel Innocent Man record, we had Bill Elam uh, join us for that episode. That episode released at the end of July. Bill was a first time, he was a first time visitor to this podcast with that uh, and he did a great job on that record. I enjoyed having him on with Huey Lewis. Uh, we had Bill Algie from ages of rock podcast on, and that released at the end of September. Bill's been on the show before he's helped us with these album reviews before he always adds interesting insight to the records with Metallica. I think Metallica's kill them all was one of the biggest surprises of all because we had, we had Huddy on and, you know, you don't put Huddy and Metallica together for some reason. David Hudson from the uh, State of America podcast, the Black Crows podcast, because there's something about David Hudson and Metallica that don't go together. But David Hudson's a huge Metallica fan. And I think he's the one that actually picked doing this Kill em All, uh, which released at the end of uh, June. So, look, Huddy's an old school grown up rock participant we have him on just about every year he's a good friend of the podcast and uh we enjoy his insight as well so that's always interesting y and t we had your brother on danny for the first time uh well first time with all of us he he's been on a uh, wild hair episode before but uh danny came on and and of course the Pooney brothers are Y&T fans, both of them. So we had him on to do Mean Street, and that was released. When did we do the Mean Street record? We did that at the end of August. That's when that one was released. And then Headhunter was the first one we did of the year in January. And our friend Wrighty, Steve Wright from the Potter and Hell podcast, helped kick that one off because he's a huge Crocus fan. So uh, we enjoyed that. So again, Always great participants, always interesting insight to whoever we have on the podcast. It's always a good time. Do you remember anything in particular about all those guests? Sonny, was there anything that sticks out of your your mind over the course of the year? Yeah, I mean, great guests, right? Uh, folks like John and John and Bob, we hadn't met before, so it was great to have them on. Alex, dude, Alex, like, pretty much loves everything he listens to. He's got such an open mind. He's a young kid. Wait, give him 20 years. He'll get salty like we are. Danny's a Y&T homer, so I had to have him on. Bill still hasn't forgiven me for the fucking Def Leppard pick. I don't remember what I gave him, but he's still pissed off about it. It's been two years. Get over it. He, he did slang. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's right. Well, okay. Maybe I deserve hate <laughs> for that. I, I, 
Jesus, we didn't uh, hand him. We didn't hand him. Uh, what the hell's the other one? The later one that's freaking awful. X or whatever. No, not X. Oh, X is awful. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, Huddy surprised me too. Because when I text him, I'm like, are you sure? Like, it wasn't like when I text Huddy, there was like three choices left. I text Huddy as one of the first people I texted. And he picked it. And I'm like, okay, then. All right, whatever, dude. So, no, it's always great to have guests on. I think it's a good idea to have them on these album reviews, and you just get different thoughts, which is great. Yeah, uh, most definitely. All right, so that brings us to our top two, and I'll go first. So what I alluded to earlier when you talked about the Hugh Lewis sports record, there you go, there's your S, Pony, (laughs) was that when I went through the record, I didn't really remember that it was as good as it was. And the Huey Lewis sports record would have been actually a perfect album for me, except for that last song on the record. Well, the same situation occurred with Billy Idol's Rebel Yell, which ended up in the number two slot for me. When I went through this record, I was like, God damn, I forgot how good this record is. I really, really enjoyed going start to finish on the Billy Idol Rebel Yell record because it brought back a lot of memories for me. But it also I was like, this is a perfect record, except that last song on that Billy Idol record is awful. And it keeps it from being a desert island or a perfect record for me. So it's a great record. And out of all the records, I really enjoyed this. That's why it ended up at number two for me. But it's very similar to the Huey Lewis sports record for me personally, as far as that goes. Like both records are fantastic records, but the last song on the record really is a, is a dud. And I think we both feel that way about them. My number one record. Bar none. And I probably expected no different at the beginning of the year when I picked this record because it was one of my picks was Dio's Holy Diver. I mean, God dang, this record is so good. Again, last song on the record, kind of shitty, stops it from being a perfect record. But the rest of the record is just amazing to me.
I think when we started to put together all the albums for this particular series, there were a lot of great records that were released in 1983, and we could have gone a much more popular route, like we could have picked Scorpions and things like that, but we tried to kind of mix it up and put both different genres. We tried to widen the umbrella and keep it a little bit interesting and maybe do some album reviews that not everybody is doing. But Dio doesn't necessarily fit that bill. Holy Diver was probably one of the more popular ones that I picked just because I knew it was a great record and I didn't want to discount it. So we ended up throwing that into the batch. And that is my number one overall pick for this entire series, just because I love that record so much and listen to it so much in high school growing up. So those are my top two. How about you? Uh, before I share my top two, what uh, what Scorpions record would you have chosen? I'm just being me. What Scorpions record? Didn't uh, Love It First Thing come out in 83? 84. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe I missed that. Then what was 83? Was it Blackout then? That's 82. Okay. So there wasn't one in 83? No. Okay. Sorry. I just I, I confused that. I could have sworn with you. I, I could have sworn Love at First Thing was uh was eighty three and we just kinda said, Ah, you know what? Nah. That's that's one of the popular ones, so we kind of showed Midnight them. Madness was one that we skipped. We did. Um yeah. There was a few that were super popular. We're like, eh, come on. Right. Right. So yeah. Okay, so my top two both are Desert Island albums for me. Number two, I had one and both of my picks. And I knew these would be number one and two the day we started Crocus. I'm like, nothing's going to beat these two. They're Desert Island albums compared to all these other ones, right? And my number two is Billy Joel, Innocent Man. Great songs. There's nothing I skip. What a great way to have your influences come through your music. Billy showed that you didn't have to do covers. Hint, hint. Just in case Paul Stanley's listening, Mr. Soul Station, you don't got to do covers. <laughs> Instead, you just got to have the feel of the songs you loved. Pay homage with originals. Right. So if you, the listener, have not heard Innocent Man in a while, you need to go listen in full. I think you will enjoy it. And then my number one, there was no doubt. Come on. If you haven't met me, Y&T Mean Streak, nothing was going to beat it. That album is so perfect that the decision to keep the 10th song off there, which is a song called I'm Not Sorry, which was only on the Japanese. That was even a great decision because that song's not as good as the other nine songs. Like every decision they made with this record was perfect. It's one of my favorite bands of all time with a perfect record. I just can't ask for more from Y&T. And there's a couple of records I have of Y&T that are Desert Island for me and Mean Streak is definitely one of them.
right, so before we get our final thoughts, let's connect it to KISS. Hey, Hollywood. You know what time it is. Let's connect it to KISS. You wanted the best, and you got the best! The hottest band in the world, KISS! So for the Kiss Connection, we're going to stick with the 1983 theme just like we have all year. We're going to go to a song off of Lick It Up, but we're not going with the original because we've played most of the originals over the year. But we're going to go with a brand new cover. It was released about three and a half months ago. So off of a compilation called Buffalo Rock City 2, which is only available through Bandcamp. You can't get it any other way. And the album art's great, by the way. So you want this thing in a physical copy. Here is Dave Comer on vocals. Gene Schmidt on guitar, Rock Rolian, what a name, on bass, and then Sean Prizablack, I think, on drums with their version of Exciter. Okay, so I listened to this the other day. You sent me a clip of it. Well, you sent me the song. I actually really, really love it. It's not often that I say when they play it pretty close to the vest, and I think this one is played pretty close to the vest. There are a couple of way better improvements in this version of Exciter, and I like this song a lot. So there's not a whole lot that like a cover is going to do for me, but I like the updated recording, first of all. I love these little... like guitar 
swell things that are just kind of that that I didn't hear in the original version that I think are really good. And there's some background vocals that I think are really good in this version of Exciter. I really, really like this uh, version of this song a lot. I dig it. And the guy, the guy sounds amazing singing it. So, yeah, hats off to Buffalo Rock City. It's killer. Yeah, I'm not a musician, so I don't know if it's in the same key. I have no idea. All I know is the guy did a great job in whatever key he sang it in. Mm-hmm. They did a good job of keeping the two or three things you have to have in there, right? Like the solo is not a classic solo anyway, and none of the Kiss band members did it anyway. So it doesn't matter what you do with the solo. But that exciter, right? Like you had to have that in there. Otherwise, people were going to go, hey, wait a second. You didn't do that, right? So they did a good job of making it more modern without losing the kind of classic feel and the speed kiss that it is. I thought they did a great job. Dude, that whole Buffalo Rock City 2 record, amazing. Everything they did on it was great. There's Jeff Scott Soto on it. Billy Sheehan's on it. Castro Novo's doing a song. Castro Novo does Love Gun. Oh, my God, dude. It was awesome. So it, you want to get this Buffalo Rock City 2. It's only available on Bandcamp. Yeah, it sounded really good. I really dug that for sure. Awesome. All right. So to close up this whole 40th anniversary thing, to me, I think it was a great idea to do like a 40th anniversary album review. I love it that we didn't do just rock and metal. You throw a little bit of pop in there, uh, peppered in. And, you know, for us MTV kids, we love a lot of that stuff. I mean, that's just how it is. And most of our listeners were MTV kids, right? And they have Guitar Hero kids. I have Guitar Hero kids, right? So, in MTV, you remember, like, you couldn't sit down and not see a Prince video or Michael Jackson or Madonna or Loverboy or Rod Stewart. It felt like everybody else was played except for the Ingve Bombstein video that you wanted to see for five minutes. And you had to, you know, at the time, you were probably like, oh, I got to labor through these two or three hours of videos to get to the video I want to hear. But then in the end, you remember all those songs because honestly, they're great songs. So I'm glad that we did this 40th anniversary. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I mean, again, even if you're not a fan of, I don't know, Rod Stewart or Rick Springfield or whatever, spend an hour, listen to the podcast, get some insight into the record, hear a snippet or two of all the music that's on it and decide, hey, whether you're, you do like it now or whether you still don't like it. I mean, it's worth it just to give it a listen. I think that the guests we've had on were always fun. We've had just a good opportunity and a good mixture of stuff. Yes, we still did the Metallicas and the Dio's and the Crocus and stuff like that in the fast way. It's all good, but I like the little bit of variety. I like the different artists. Again, the Easter egg is that next year we're going to go back to just a band and keep it interesting, right? So it's all good, but I enjoyed this series. I enjoyed the series that we do every year. That's why we continuously have done them for the past four years since the Van Halen uh, series, because it's just fun doing these. It gives us the opportunity to do an album review without being an album review show where we're doing albums week in and week out. It's, it's something different, you know, for us. So that's it. Let's wrap this up, put a bow on 2023 and move on into the new year. Is there anything you want to add before we get up on out of here for 2023, Mr. Pooney? Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the feedback. Thanks for picking the two albums that you picked. Sorry, I didn't love them. (laughs) 
That's it. Go enjoy your New Year's. Uh, Drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive. Happy New Year's. See you later. That's the show. So let's shuffle, rattle, and roll us out of here. Until next week, always remember, peace, love, and rock and roll. out the podcast greatly by leaving us a five-star review at apple podcasts podchaser or spotify the links are in the show notes or just drop us a line at our email growinguprock at gmail.com growing up rock is a proud member of the pantheon network pantheon is the place for music lovers check us out along with many other great music podcasts on the pantheon podcast network it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football fantasypoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points fantasypoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play whether you play fantasy football daily fantasy sports or do a little bit of everything fantasy points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.